Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and welcome back to another Ilmfi podcast with your host Shabir Hassan. I know, I know it's been a while guys and uh, we've taken a break, you know, Ramadan um, in between as well as, you know, lockdown still continuing and so many other things. But uh, alhamdulillah, I'm pleased to say that we are back with the podcast. Uh, we're continuing, um, you know, our virtual podcast, meaning that we're not back in our uh, regular setting in the studio. However, that gives us an opportunity. It's a blessing in disguise, I would say, because we're able to now uh, kind of connect and interact with not just local guests, but inshallah, we're able to connect with um, guests from all over the world. And today, uh, I'm really excited about today's one because um, we have a guest who, you know, like normally we wouldn't have been able to get hold of him because he doesn't, he's not, he's not local to us. But alhamdulillah, we're connecting uh, with someone uh, very dear to me. Um, and uh, he's 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 tuning in all the way from Dallas, uh, Texas, subhanallah, uh, in the states. Um, and there's someone who I personally look up to uh, in 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 the field of da'wah and in the field of uh, teaching, mashallah. Um, he is uh, an instructor at Qalam Institute, and many of you might know him uh, through the book that he recently put out, uh, with the heart in mind, uh, which covers the uh, emotional intelligence of our beloved. Uh, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam which is really interesting we'll definitely touch on as well um, subhanAllah he uh, graduated and he studied in Darul Ulum al-Madaniya uh, in Buffalo um, he's been and traveled to Syria as well um, and subhanAllah he's got this amazing story which we're going to go through as well inshallah but yeah it gives me great pleasure to welcome onto the Umfi podcast today Sheikh Mikail Ahmed Smith Assalamu alaikum Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Alhamdulillah. No, it's a great honor to be with you. Uh, Ilm Feed, mashallah, you guys are always doing amazing, amazing content. And so uh, this is this is something we should have did a long time ago, man. Uh, the <laughs> amount know. of work, mashallah, you guys are doing. I'm just honored to be with you guys um, and able to yeah, discuss some pertinent issues, inshallah, that relate to the community with you, man. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for taking your time out uh, and joining us. Alhamdulillah, it's a pleasure. And like I said, you know, you're, I'm sitting here in London, you're sitting there uh, in Dallas. So Alhamdulillah, it's a blessing that we're able to, to connect. Um, and I just want to start off by just asking, how, how's everything going? And uh, obviously, I know it's difficult right now, lockdown and everything else, but how's things going on your end, inshallah? Yeah, so uh, yeah, we're still in a partial lockdown, you could say. Um, yeah. You know, in the States, it's kind of interesting, Shabir, because everyone is, every state is a little different. And so mm. you have some really progressive states, I'll say, that will open <laughs> up everything right away. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have other states that are taking things a little bit more conservatively and being very slow. And I'm in Texas and Texas is extremely yeah. This is a kind of a pun on words, but extremely progressive when it comes to coronavirus. <laughs> the funny part is wow. they're conservative in everything. But when, yeah. when it comes to this, so honestly, it's been like, everything's opening up and it's kind of weird because, you know, you want to go out to things. Your nuffs kind of wants to get involved in things, but mm. your mind tells you and we've had we've seen a spike in the last week and a half. Texas yeah. has seen a crazy spike. Uh, mm. And so now it's even more important for us to kind of stay home. And um, yeah, so it's it's good. I've been spending a lot of time with the family. Ramadan was a very unique Ramadan. Um, it's just, it's just we're living in very interesting times, man. 2020 yeah. has just been a very, very interesting year for us. And so, yeah, just managing, man. And like you said, you know, it's been an opportunity. There's a blessing in the skies. Like subhanAllah, yeah. the amount of, Da'wah work and outreach we were able to start doing at Qalam Institute was just phenomenal. So alhamdulillah, we never know where khair is and we got to constantly ask Allah to show us and let us see where khair is and, you know, uh, take the fursa, the opportunities when they come to mm, us. Absolutely. Um, SubhanAllah, like, you know, I, I can see as well, like I remember speaking to you about it recently when we first, when I first reached out and we we're just saying how um, there's so many things that, you know, like you just mentioned, we, we wouldn't have been able to do had mm. it not been for lockdown. Like, you know, virtually we've been able to reach out to more people, in fact, even through like this podcast, like Alhamdulillah, like I said, we're able to reach out to, to other guests. Alhamdulillah, I think it's good that we're utilizing it. I think yeah, it's, it's, it's obviously easy as well, you know, when it comes to um, difficult, challenging times like this, 
you know, we always look at the negatives. I know a lot of people that are already saying, you know, we're halfway through 2020 and, you know, 2020 is cancelled, bro. And, you know, forget <laughs> it. You know, let's just let's just fast forward to 2021. Um, so like, what are your thoughts on that? Like how, how it's because it's difficult to stay positive, you know, like yeah. during these times. Yeah. So so, you know, in the in, like you said, in, we were in the introduction. A lot of the work I've been doing is on uh uh, emotional intelligence, right? Mm. Um, and you know, one of the things I was reading recently in the area of emotional intelligence is that you know there are five major areas of life that emotions matter a lot, right? Uh, right. Social life, academic life, health, like just just so many areas, right? Um, and positivity, positivity, and having optimism and being optimistic is number one, extremely number one. It's sunnah. Let's start there. Number mm. one, it's Sunnah. I mean, if there's any hadith which is like the like apex of optimism, there's a hadith that the listeners may be familiar with where the Prophet Sallallahu is talking about planting a tree. And that, you know, mm. if you're planting a tree and Qiyamah begins, still plant the tree. And and mm. if you think about the hadith is completely counterintuitive um, because that's the end, right? It's over. It's over. Why would I plant a tree? Uh, it, it's it's over. It's done. But yeah, the yeah. Prophet said him is like, no, even in that situation, you're planting a tree. And of all things, planting a tree, which the shade of which or the fruit of which will not be benefited from for many years to come. So I guess I guess what I, my thing is like, number one, it's sunnah. Number two is that psychologically, like if you don't stay positive, your negativity will consume you. Like you will mm. be the first victim of all of your negativity. Um, and so, you know, stay blessed and be blessed, man. Like don't let negativity pull you down. In fact, like the word, the word hosen or hazen only comes in a negative context in the Quran and Sunnah. Like, mm. so we have to stay positive. We have to always see. And that doesn't mean we're always walking around like happy and smiling all the time. What that means is that we're optimistic about khair. Like we're always mm. expecting khair to be right around the corner, right? And so 2020 is not be, it's not canceled, man. It's 2020 is about rediscovering self, man. Like if you look at coronavirus and being locked in our homes, man, yo, straight up, that was one of the greatest blessings. Time mm. at home, like subhanAllah, it was one of the greatest blessings because it could force you to be closer to family, spend more time reflecting. Like there's so many gifts that comes from just spending more time with your family at home and being in that environment. So yeah, man, my advice to myself and everyone is just like, always look for the silver lining, man. Always. Mm. And and we know the verse. Like maybe you like something, but it's not good. And maybe you dislike something and it's good. So that's my main thing is optimism, optimism, optimism. You know, stay hopeful and see that there's good in this year, inshallah, inshallah. Inshallah, yeah, it's interesting because, uh, you know, like we normally when it comes to sunnah, we mention, yeah, you know, wearing such and such clothes is a sunnah or, you know, doing such and such things is a sunnah. But it's interesting how you say that optimism or staying optimistic is a sunnah, which a lot of people, we all, wouldn't think like that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Prophet did that and that and he embodied that. And actually by by doing that and by building such characteristics, actually, we're getting rewarded for that. Mm. A lot of people don't see it that way. They kind of separate, you know, those two things. No, no, no. It's only the ritualistic side of things. That's what sunnah. And, you know, these types of things like building your patience and forbearance and, you know, yeah, yeah, remaining yeah. optimistic. Like that, that is actually a sunnah and you get rewarded for it. So yeah, no, that's amazing. That, that's amazing. Yeah. I like I, 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 I've, when I've been working on emotional intelligence and prof, prophetic emotional intelligence for so long that mm. to me it's kind of second nature now. But I forget, like, you're you're 100% right. Uh, when it comes to the emotional side of the sunnah, we, we forget that that is a sunnah. And the mm. same way, you know, you get reward for any other sunnah. Similarly, these inner sunnahs, whether they be spiritual, psychological, those are all sunnahs that affect who you are. And, I mean, yo... You take a simple hadith like the smile of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You know, like, like smiling has such a profound impact on you and the one that you're interacting with. Like, we all can now appreciate what a, what a smile is and why that would be such a key sunnah. And to mm. belittle that 
and to not make that a centerpiece of what the Prophet taught us as well would be to cut off a very, very important part of our human existence, our human mm. existence, um, which is our emotional and mental well-being. And so I think without a shadow of a doubt, um, and you know what's interesting, Shabir, if you look at it, the Prophet went through so many traumatic moments in his life that he becomes the ideal personality to study when it comes to handling stress and handling trauma. And so to mm. look at that from the perspective of it being sunnah, it can empower people in religion. It can religiously empower you that I'm walking to school or walk, or on the, you know, the, um, uh, the bus going to work and let me just have the right mental sunnah mind. You know mm. what I'm saying? Wallahu a'lam. No, really important points. And of course, again, uh, to our viewers, <clears throat> those of you tuning in, like make sure you check out the book with the heart in mind. It's an amazing work, much, much needed, alhamdulillah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, amazing work there, Sheikh. Uh, one thing that, you know, I think, you know, today's kind of episode and podcast is going to focus on is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's perhaps not the most kind of like, you know, it's, it's perhaps not the most like positive thing that we're going to, we could ever speak about. It's not something that we gen generally do speak about, I would say, as well, you know, mm -hmm. within uh, as in, within the Muslim community. And, uh, you know, it would be in the ideal world, you know, we wouldn't have to speak about this, but it, it's something that has to be addressed in way, in the in light of recent events that have been taking place. You know, we've been talking about 2020, right? And how yeah. it's been quite a crazy year. And, you know, subhanAllah, I think the, the recent events over the past few weeks and the kind yeah. of awakening almost around the world, right, as we're seeing, you know, not just on the media, but just generally speaking on the streets of, of major cities across the world, right? People are literally marching now um, with the different movements and, and so on and so forth, right? In, in, in light of especially, you know, George Floyd's um, horrific, um, you know, murder, this brutal murder that took place yeah. at the hands of the police. And, you know, a lot of people have been talking about racism um, and this whole issue of race. And especially, I think, within the Muslim community, it's, it's really important to speak about. Um, you know, I think again. Let's just start with. Let's just start with. What, how have the last few weeks been for for you yourself? Like, what have you what have you been thinking? What's yeah. what's on your mind? So so emotionally, like mm. when it first happened, when when the the tape of George Floyd's death first was reve was re uh, released, I yeah. I was numb. I'll be real with you, Shabir. I was numb, mm. and I was numb because. This isn't new to me. Right. This isn't this isn't new. This isn't something that I was shocked at watching. I wasn't shocked. I wasn't shocked. And that tells you that I may live in a different reality than mm. some of our viewers. And what's sure. happening now is we're having a collective awakening to the reality and suffering of a large percentage of the world's population which are black people around the world. Um, and so when I first, first saw it, I was numb. And I was quiet for a few days. And then the anger and then the optimism. These were the three things that went through me. The optimism came as I saw the collective awakening begin. Yeah. The anger was just angry with the systemic oppression of people, the systemic oppression of black people specifically, the context we're talking about right now. Mm. And, 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 and what I was so optimistic about is the community, and now I'm talking about Muslims, but the community and even broader outside the Muslims began to discuss collective systemic problems which sociologists have been talking about for decades now which were always brushed under the 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 prayer rug or the rug um and so that that that's what i felt when when all of this started happening first i was numb because it was another it was just another one then i was mm. angry and then there's a bit of optimism there's a bit of optimism mm. that's that's i mean that's an interesting mix, one could say it, right? Like, you know, it's like, it kind of evolved. And I think, you know, 
I think a lot of the, the, the thing is, Sheikh, like one thing you mentioned is that there's a lot of people that are living in a different reality to, to, to yourself, right? Mm. Especially, I would even say, like, I'm here in the UK and it is different. Like, we, we, we both live in the West, but it is yes. different. Like, the, 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 the dynamics is very different, right? In, in, the, in, the, in, in, you know, in the things that we've both kind of experienced throughout our lives and, yeah. and uh, you know, what we've witnessed, right? And I think even for me personally, like, like for me, I was shocked and I'm just not used to it. Like you're saying it's another one, right? And I know yeah. we all know it's been happening for a long time, but you know, to see it, the way that it was kind of like captured, I think it was shocking. And for me, it's like something I still, I'm still trying to come to terms with. Yeah. Um, so can I just, just go back to like what you said about how for you, it's like, it's not, it's not anything new really. Like, you know, yeah. is this something that you've seen before? Like yeah, something man. that you've even so experienced yourself? So I'll share something with you, Shabir, mm. uh, and to all the listeners. So I became Muslim in 2001, right after September 11th. And mm. I was a new Muslim. And uh, I, I remember this clear as the day, like subhanAllah. And subhanAllah, Shabir, the story I'm about to tell you, the only reason I remember I was Muslim at the time is because I remember as this incident unfolded, I remember I had leather socks on. And when you hear this story, it's kind of funny. Like, oh, wow. like that's the only reason I remember I was a Muslim at that time. Let me tell All you, right. and I want the listeners to listen close to this. And this will explain why I was numb and not surprised. I was at home one day. It was between Asr and Maghrib. And I, maybe Asr, maybe Dohar and Asr. And I looked outside my window. I saw sirens. I saw like the lights of sirens outside of my window. And I look outside my front window and I see this police officer jumping out of his car and yanking this guy, this, this black man out of his car with just the utmost force. His seatbelt was still on. So he, his car was semi still moving. It was just so, so crazy. And I'm watching this and he's just manhandling this, this kid, young guy too. It wasn't an old guy. And the kid wasn't fighting nothing, nothing, man. And I come outside and in my head, I just become Muslim. So in my head, I'm like, yo, I can't be a passive witness to, to violence and injustice as a Muslim. Allah's going to question me. So mm. I go outside. I'm standing in front of my property, right? And I'm watching from the sidewalk because I'm like, you know, at least if they see someone watching, they'll act different. Mm. And that's human nature. So after everything calmed down, he got him in cuffs, whatever, whatever. I slowly walk over. I say, excuse me, officer, from a distance. Um, excuse me, can I talk to you? And he's like, yeah, what do you want? And I'm like, um, I would like your badge number, please, because of what I was witnessing of your roughness with this individual. I want to report this. He immediately grabbed me. He said, what'd you say? And he put me in cuffs wow. and sat me down next to this guy. Now, now I want everyone to reflect because... As I'm sitting down, every car that passes by, every pedestrian walking by, who, what am I? I'm a criminal. Mm. I'm a criminal. And just think of yourself. Think of yourself. You walk past someone in cuffs, sitting on the floor. What do you think right away? Yeah, you think they're a criminal. They've done something wrong. Subhanallah. Like, if that doesn't wake you up right there, like, why did you label that person as a criminal when you have no idea what happened? Mm. But we're stigmatized in a way that we we see certain certain things and right away we label. Mm. Right. And so and this is something we got to talk about more, Shabir, which is a lot of times I've noticed people in our Muslim community, they'll say things like, well, why were they being arrested in the first place? Like, mm. why were you there in the first place? And I'm like, whoa, 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 are we first of all getting involved in victim blaming? We're not supposed to do that. Remember? Yeah. Anytime, anytime, you know, something happens in other scenarios, we don't blame the victim. Remember that, right? Number one. Number two is that uh, we, we, what we, what we're not understanding is that this sometimes the person didn't do anything, which is leading to what's happening, which was in my case. So let me tell you what happens next. I'm sitting on the curb and alhamdulillah, I'm like, whatever, cool. I'll be patient. Cool. Five other cops show up, and this is what we're going to talk about. the uh, The whole thing move, movement in the in America right now is the defunding of police. 
And, you know, here it is, two people on the curb who are being arrested or cited for something and seven cop cars show up. Like, mm -hmm. you guys clearly don't have a lot of stuff to be doing right now. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You clearly have more people than you need for the situations. Anyways, the chief comes over to me, or supervisor. He's like, uh, yeah, what's your issue? And no, no, he's basically like, you still want to report? And I'm like, yes, I would like to report it. He's like, oh, we'll, we'll have to put you in prison then. We're booking you too. What did I do? Nothing. So he, wow. nonetheless, the, the police have that jurisdiction, right? So I go, they take me downtown. I'm in the back seat of this cop car with the guy who was being snatched out of the car. And he's like, you didn't have to do this for me. And I'm like, yes, I did, man. I'm a Muslim. I have to. And we just talk about Islam. I get to the prison. They make you sit somewhere for the next hour and a half. Every cop that walks past looks at you like you're a piece of dirt. You don't know why I'm there. You don't know what's going on. But again, the stigma, the concept, the idea. Then uh, what happens next? Oh, then they take you. They book you. They strip search you. Completely dehumanizing you. SubhanAllah. Then after all of that, they're like, okay, you'll get something in the mail with your court date. You can leave. Leave. You can walk out. Are you going to take mm. me back home? You just picked me up from my home. I didn't do anything. No, just leave. Go. I just literally walk out the station. Where am I going to go now? SubhanAllah. You know what's funny? I had to hop the train. I don't know if you guys use the word hop the train. But when you don't pay, when you skip the train, hop the train, you yeah, just yeah, jump yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah, I had to hop the break the law to get back home. Oh, so wow. I run the risk. I run the risk of getting <laughs> <laughs> arrested and coming back so from getting know. arrested. Yeah, man. What? Yo, listen, listen. When you study society, systemic problems in the West. In America, we have the highest percentage rate of incarceration. And amongst that, the highest percentage rate in African black Americans. One in five, man. We have seen We have literally witnessed it for a gener two, three generations, bro. Mm. Our communities, family structure destroyed. Voting capability destroyed. Once you're arrested for a felony, can't vote, bro. Mm. can't even get a job why because the government has not outlawed the question have you been convicted of a felony if the government simply allows uh, stops employers from writing that question you can no longer be uh subjected to that level of of uh, um you'll be able to get a job yeah and and what happened is that the rate of people once incarcerated who go back into prison is like 75%. Mm, why? Wow. Be because of the, why? You're like, oh, because they're criminals. No, you have the system that is created is literally saying you came out now. Okay, you you did, you made a mistake. Cool, let's accept that you made a mistake. Let's say the person did it and they were, they were uh, guilty of the crime. They did their time. What does society say? Society says you do your time. You've paid the price for your crime. You have been, uh, what's the, the, corrected. You have been correctional facilities. You've been uh, able to be put back into society and be a member of the country. Mm. But you can't vote, number one, and you can't get a job. So now what am you're I You're stuck with to? that. You're literally stuck with that label. You're, you're stuck. So like, hold yeah. on, hold on. Now, now, so... Our listeners, they really need to understand. Now, one more thing. I'm going to add something. In America, we have a bail system. Mm. And bail, we all know, just so our listeners know what we're talking about. If you get arrested, then you will sit in jail until your court date or you post bail. What is bail? Well, let's put it simple. It's money. The judge will say, your court date is in three weeks, right? If you want to go home, we want to make sure you come back. So you have to put $10,000 on the table. Um, but if I don't have that money, what do I do? 
I sit in jail until my court date. Do you know that over 70% of the people in jail are in jail for crimes they have not been convicted of yet? 70%. Because they don't have, they don't have the money to post bail. Wow. Think about it. So now you're literally punishing people for poverty. Mm. The point I'm trying to the, the point I'm trying to highlight, guys, is <clears throat> like our viewers really need to study society and some of the things that are affecting the countries that we live in. These are things that are being done, have been done, and right now what we're still witnessing as protests continue. We're seeing a collective awareness that people are saying enough is enough. We're tired mm. of this systemic. It's not about George Floyd alone. Mm -hmm. George Floyd is one of the hundreds of thousands of black men who have been murdered by police and police have, they're, 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 they're not, you can't try them. They're, they're innocent for the crime before even tried for the crime. Mm. And so at most we would see they were fired. Like you killed a man and you you got fired? Are you kidding me? So yeah. that means another police district can hire you? SubhanAllah. So again, I just like my point in bringing that up was so that the community kind of understands what systemic, systemic oppression and violence against uh, black, uh, black men and women has been in the West, in the West. And many of the same things exist in the UK. Mm. Absolutely. I think it's it's eye-opening, a lot of the things that you mentioned. Um, I think another point is, like, yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, this is something new, like, you know, especially, you know, hearing about or witnessing, you know, seeing the video of George Floyd being murdered, you know, it's it's easy for a lot of people to think, wow, this is maybe something new, like, it's, it's, mm. it's, it's a recent phenomenon. But you've mentioned a story which is like from 20 years ago, right, almost 20 mm -hmm. years back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, 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 and clearly that, that also wasn't the first, like, that was just, again, just adding to the list and goes way, way back, right? Um, and that's crazy, subhanAllah. Um, again, one, one point I wanted to touch on really real quick is, um, again, because, because what you're saying is that this has been going on for a long, long time. And clearly, I know in America, there's been a lot of, you know, um, uh, people who have spoken out in the past, whether it's activists and so on, right? And even like, you know, what's interesting is your own, when you came to Islam, of course, you read the Quran and you also... Um, read the autobiography of, uh, of Malcolm X, rahimahullah, mm. right? Let, I just want to talk about that as well. Like, what was it that when you read that, you thought, okay, you know, you put two and two together and you're like, wow, this is, yeah. Islam is for me. Like, Yeah, so, so for me, I, I was raised a Christian Baptist um, mm. and I became disenfranchised with Christianity just due to the whole, is Jesus God type thing. To me, that was just a conundrum that couldn't be solved and it really mm. bothered me. Like, how are we worshiping this man? And so yeah. that was an issue. I kind of, during high school, stopped being religious because that I couldn't solve that issue, right? Mm. And there were a few other things, right? Then what happened after I graduated high school, we call it high school. I, I, I think it's called college for you guys or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So when I graduated high school, I uh, was 18, right? And mm. um, I was working this job in the summertime and somebody gave me the Quran. And so I start to read the Quran and right away it hit me because when you come from Christianity and you open the Quran and you have a clean heart, you're not coming with a bias intentionally, mm. <clears throat> it, 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 it's all symmetry. It's all perfectly lines up. And you're mm. like, oh, I know this. Oh, I know this. Oh, I know this. Oh, I know this. You know, many Christians will know some of the biblical, some of the Quranic stories better than some of the Muslims because those mm. stories are in detail in the, in the Bible, right? Um, yeah. and so many, many stories. So right away I was like, oh, I know this. Oh, I know this. But the Quran was just so captivating, um, in English. I didn't know Arabic. I didn't even think I was just reading it in English. Yeah. And as I read it more and more, I was like, yo, this makes sense. Then what happened was the one who had given me the Quran, my coworker who had given me a Quran, he was nation of Islam. Now in the UK, you guys might not know too much about it, but nation of Islam was basically a, a sect you could say a branch of Islam founded by someone named Elijah Muhammad who brought a form of Islam 
that was by clear, clear, you know, things was not the traditional Sunni, you know, tradition of Islam, mm. but it, it brought Islam to America in large, vast numbers. So you were having these huge conferences of, you know, hundreds of thousands of thousands of uh, African-Americans gathered together and you'd see La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah at the top, you know, and yes, they had some issues regarding their their creed and stuff like that. But slowly there were changes that happened. Anyways, one mm. of the things that was core to their, their ideology was the, the, the role of the white man, so to speak. And what you need to understand. Uh, so let me just go forward actually. So I kind of felt right away, like this can't be something of salvation. If it's only limited to one demographic of people. To mm. me, that right away was like, no, that's not salvation. If God sends something for salvation, it has to be global, equally accessible to everyone almost. And so that's what led me to Malcolm X because I was like, let me read his story. And as I read his story, it was literally, man, like, oh man, it's hard to explain. Like, you know, people feel like, people don't realize that the circumstances you are born into play a large part in developing who you are or what, what you're going to be like, mm. you cannot deny the environmental impact on, 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 on our, on our development as human beings. And he had it rough, man. He, you know, got into gangs, got into drugs, got into gambling, got into women, eventually got arrested, went to robbery, went to jail in jail, found Islam you know, Nation of Islam at that time, mm. you know, educated himself on his own, memorized the dictionary, ajib stuff, man. Um, wow. Comes out a reformed person, but a person filled with hatred. And mm. this is, وَلَا يَجْرِمَنَّكُمْ شَنَآنُ قَوْمًا عَلَىٰ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا Right? Like, don't let your hatred for a group of people force you to go away from justice. So mm. what the Nation of Islam ended up becoming was a, was a, I won't want, I don't want to call it a hate group. That would be if you quote me on that, then that won't be good to say. But there was hatred in the movement. Mm. Um, uh, don't I won't call it a hate group. There was hatred in the movement and hatred towards the white man because it was seen that the white man, quote unquote, was the one colonizing India, colonizing Africa, colonizing China, colonizing everyone around the world. Yeah. And so uh, and so. And colonizing the minds of people as well. Um, you know, you know, when it talks about mental colonization is where the ones who oppress you, you see beauty in them. And till today, uh, uh, in, 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 in many Muslim countries, fair skin is the most beautiful color. Why? Mm. I think that's a colonized mind. That's, a, that's an effect of colonization right there. You know, you see beauty in whiteness. Um, and that's in India, that's in Pakistan, that's in many Arab countries as well. So yeah. anyways, uh, as I read his book, he reaches the point where he realizes that true Islam is about love and not pure hatred. Um, and so that was like the, the, the caterpillar to the butterfly kind of metamorphosis. Um, and, and, and yeah, that was it basically, man, like reaching this point where I realized true Islam was the way to go. And true Islam would have some of the solutions to uh, racial and systemic oppression um, mm. in the, in the in the world. Wow! And uh, you know what's what's also interesting, like what you mentioned is um, like you know going back to that story where you where you where you first accepted Islam, you stood up, you know, where you saw this man, you know, being mm. mishandled, mistreated by the police. Right? It's interesting that it's like this fitra, this natural kind of. You know, even though you were new to Islam, right? Like, yes. like you said, you didn't know, you didn't know Arabic, you didn't memorize Quran at the, by that point. You know, you hadn't really studied Islam. You know, you read yeah. the Quran, but like, there's this natural thing. Like, as Muslims, we're supposed to stand up to injustice, right? We're supposed yes. to stand up to to oppression, and you felt that, and and that sparked, and that's what led you to to to, to what you did, right? And yeah, it landed yeah. you in a bit of trouble, but I'm sure by the end of it, you thought to yourself, you know, it was worth it because I did what I could, right? And uh, that kind of that kind of leads on to you know the next part of you know what I wanted to ask you, which is within the Muslim community. Like I don't really mm. want to spend this episode today talking about what is 
racism is it okay is it not i mean we all know we all can agree right yeah, yeah, that racism yeah, yeah. itself is, is a haram it's haram it's a disease so actually one thing i wanted to look at it from was a, was more like the spiritual lens like you okay. know okay within the muslim community we know it's a fact and it, that this is a widespread we could even call it you know and and it's kind of ironic we're mentioning this word but it's a pandemic right it's it's yeah. literally it's you know it's it's a pandemic and it's plagued unfortunately many parts of the of the muslim community now how do we look at it from a from a spiritual point of view at this this you know racism um and how do we kind of how do we kind of tackle it like one thing you've mentioned sheikh is you know this whole idea this perception that you know the 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 you know someone who you know who's fair skinned is beautiful someone who's mm. fair skinned is uh, is 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 the ideal um and that is already something that you find within the muslim community and that yeah. is that plays a part so i know i know there's a, there's a lot there that i've kind of mentioned i got but, you let's talk yeah, about it yeah. let's unpack this yo sure, so sure. i think for our listeners what we need to distinguish shabir is between racism prejudice and bias I think we need to educate the community between racism, uh, um, uh, prejudice, and bias. Um, so racism, we looked in a racist act. Like racism is now going to be more of an action that is perpetrated against people, right? Mm -hmm. So we talk about like racism in the community where a certain segment of the community is victim to certain things just due to their race. Bias is different. Bias is something that is there, it's present, and we we normally don't realize the biases that we have towards certain things. Let me give an example. Um, I told you like I, in our pre-thing, like I speak Urdu as well, so I kind of yeah, know yeah. the Desi community pretty good. Um, my wife is Pakistani as well, um, American, grew up here. But yeah. like, I'll give you an example of a bias that's implicit within us. You'll hear sometimes, you know, Daisy mothers, they'll say things like, Dup me ne jana. Like, <laughs> don't go out into the sun. Yeah. Don't go out into the sun. Oh. Kala ho jaiga. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to get dark. Now, look, is she being a racist? No. Mm. Is she being prejudiced? Not kind of. Not really. Mm. Is there a bias there? Without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. Now, can that bias lead to prejudice? For sure. She mm. may see someone in a store who's dark skinned and think of them as ugly, think of them as criminal, da 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 whatever, which is often the case. Okay. And what we need to do as a community is talk not about okay, talk about not just racism, but being anti-racist. Let let's slowly go through this. Anti-racism is different than just being not a racist. What do I mean? A lot of our viewers will say things like, well, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. And it's a, it's a humble brag, to be real. It's a humble mm. brag. Like, I don't see color. Shouldn't Muslims be colorblind? No. Allah has, what is it? Uh, no, no. Al-sinatikum uh, wa-alwanikum. Like when Allah talks about min ayatihi, Allah says one of the signs is This mm. is a sign. So what that tells us, it is not ideal to become colorblind because to become colorblind would be be blind to a sign of God. You feel mm -hmm. me on that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so to become colorblind would be to become blind of one of the signs of Allah. But mm. colorblindness in the realm of sociology has another problem as well, which is this. When you don't... Okay, okay, check this. Shabir, as a Muslim, post 9-11 or post 7, I guess you guys had the 7-something, what was it? like? 7-7, seven, seven, yeah. 7-7. Seven, seven. After that, were you not, as a openly visible Muslim, weren't you aware of your presence wherever you walked? Yeah, of course, it's natural too, yeah. Of course. A uh, hijabi sister, wherever she walks, she's aware of herself. Mm. W.E.B. Du Bois, he's an amazing African, uh, black uh, American uh, uh, sociologist. Amazing, did amazing work. He talks about something called the dual consciousness, double consciousness. 
which is what a minority builds for themselves. What that means is the same way, Shabir, you walk into a store and you can see yourself through the eyes of other people, mm. right? That is something that minorities and particularly black Americans, we lived with. We lived with this double consciousness. Now, why is that? Why? How does that connect to color blindness? When you don't see color, that simply means that you are a part of the majority and that you are not able to help and eliminate the biases and prejudices that exist within the system. Let me say that one more time. Let's unpack that. I'm colorblind. I don't see color. Well, if you don't see color, that means you're a majority, number one, and you're never victim <coughs> to the problems that are in the society that everyone is experiencing because mm. no black man can be colorblind no hijabi can be colorblind <laughs> give me an example mm. like because they're like no i walk in the store i see how everyone looks at me so yep. the, the point i'm trying to highlight here with this is that yes you're right it's a spiritual problem we're going to get to that but what <coughs> i wanted to uh, our listeners to understand is that many times when amiji just says dupe me ne jana or mm. you know something like that a bias towards a black person we as a younger woke community we have to call out our our family members and be like yo mom that's not you can't say that you know you gotta be like so what like mm. is there something wrong with being dark complexion mom what's wrong with that and then when she's like well that's not you'd be like well who, who said that who defined beauty as white Right. So that's the thing that we as the woke community have to uh, fight against those beauty norms that have been uh, pushed upon us, which for the most part say that dark skin is not a beauty norm. It's it's mm. not beautiful. So you, so that's the first thing I wanted to talk about, which is color blindness. Number one, racism, prejudice and bias mm -hmm. to be anti-racist. Listen to this. To be anti-racist is to actively fight within yourself and others against racist tendencies. Shabir, Ustad, you brought up a good point. You were like, yo, let's look at the spiritual. So where is, obviously, everyone knows this, where's the first example of racism in our Quran and Sunnah? You're going to find it's, it in the story of Iblis. Yeah, yeah, that's it, right? Where he says, Ana min, I'm made from fire, you're made from clay. Now, I need us to really, really contemplate on this because the Prophet ﷺ, he said that in a hadith that shaitan is so close to human beings that he like flows in our blood. Mm. And so I guess what I want our community to kind of reflect upon is that shaitan never sleeps, man. He's always trying to cause corruption in our community, throw us off our equilibrium. And so fighting against racism is something that you have to, let me give an example real quick. You know, I was Imam at a masjid for like five years and uh, in Ramadan, when all the community comes together, every Ramadan, we have the same problem. As the kids would be playing with each other, some non-black kid would say to a black kid something about his skin color. Mm. And that would get elevated. I'm the Imam and Imams handle everything, I guess, right? <laughs> so I would have to talk to the parents and the parents would go, we never talk about that stuff. We never, we never, we never. And I would have to say, but have you ever had a black man at your house? Mm. See, see, you, you think we're just not racist, but you forget Shaitan exists. Mm hmm. See, you get what I'm saying? It's like the, we live in this ideal world where if I don't go that direction, I'm okay. Where it's like, no, 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 no. Oh, well, hold on. Did you do anything to fight against that? Do you have any close black friends that your daughter or your son will see you hanging out with, chilling with, joking with, on the phone with, coming over to eat? Do you understand? We So yeah. we have to work on being <clears throat> anti-racist. And so again... The core of this sickness is kibber, obviously, is arrogance. It has yeah. a satanic belief beginning to it. And I know many times when you start talking about spirituality, then many times it's really cliche for much of the Muslim community. 
they're like, okay, here we go. Now we're back at just clean your heart. Yeah. And I want to stop for a moment though, Shavir, because you know, that's not fair. You know why we as Muslims have cures for societal illnesses and racism is an illness. It is a marad in the heart. Mm -hmm. In fact, the prophet called it a form of jahiliya. Yes, we have a cure. And on the individual level, the cure is to rid your heart of arrogance and this feeling of anania. I am something amazing. I am something amazing. Yeah. And so on the individual level, that is the cure. And if we work on the individual level, then we can start to address systemic, how we can systemically in our masajid kind of work to remove these biases in the mm -hmm. community. But on the lowest level, man, you're right, man. It's a spiritual disease and we really need to work on spiritually ridding ourselves actively. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you know, okay, let me give an example, Shabir. You know how in your house every now and then your house just gets like dusty and dirty? Yeah, yeah. Like you didn't bring dirt into the house. You didn't like, you know, like actively bring dirt into the house. But, you know, I opened my computer up. I'm like, dang, where all this dust come from? Right. Mm -hmm. And I was using it yesterday, but it's still all dusty today. Same way. We really have to think about the heart. You don't have to actively be out there being racist for dust to accumulate on the heart. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to actively, regularly <clears throat> clean it, wipe it off mm. in order to keep it at its natural state. Yeah. You know, like, you know how at the beginning when we said that no one ever thinks of um, optimism as a sunnah, it's similar to like racism. Like no one puts it in the haram list. Like, you mm. know, we, we, we'll put the, we'll put like, you know, murdering an innocent there. We'll put, you know, disobeying the parents there. We'll put zina there. But no one puts like, you know, arrogance, racism. Mm. Uh, you know, these these types of um, uh, feelings towards your fellow, like no one really puts it there. And I think that's that's kind of part of the problem because we, we're just not, you know, like when you don't acknowledge a problem, you yeah. just never see it, you know, you yeah. just never see it. And when only when someone speaks about it, you're like, oh yeah. Like, you know, you, you gave the example of those those kids in the masjid, you had to speak to their parents. I bet when you spoke to them, they're like, yeah, it's a good point. Like, you know, mm. I never would have thought of my kids hanging around with a with another black kid. Look, I never would have, thought about me myself having black friends uh, and even when it comes to like the deen like you know the, the 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 kind of knowledge side of things like ulama as an example yeah. we always think yeah you know sheikh has to be you know arab or sheikh has to be you know like from such and such place like you know from the <laughs> middle east or from saudi yeah, uh, yeah, in yeah. order for for them to be a sheikh like how many shuyukha are coming Yo. from no it must be like a re you know do you see what i mean yo don't get yeah. me started bro yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <sighs> so yo, yo, we gotta talk about this, man. Yeah, yo, go for it. Yeah. Certain cultures think that they own a monopoly on Islam. Mm. And if you're gonna be true Muslims, you gotta eat, talk, walk, look like them. Mm. It is so messed up. Like, let me give an example. And, and check this. I was on Instagram, and I guess this one girl, she has like a, a TikTok, like uh, account and yeah. it's just for comedy mashallah she's like she just does like one of those comedy tiktok things where just just funny things you know what yeah. i mean yeah so this particular meme i don't know the sister yo if she listens to this may allah guide us all but basically I mean. she 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 the the camera was like uh it, oh, underneath it was like when non-arabs see an arab bathroom and she she highlighted the bidet, right? The bidet that you you use to spray, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. When you do astinja, right? And then she the joke goes on like they're like spraying their face or whatever. She just makes a joke out of it. Mm. But when she says what non-Arabs think when they see this bidet, right? Mm. She doesn't realize as a hijabi, she doesn't realize when she says non-Arabs, you are literally canceling out every other muslim that uses water to clean themselves as if they don't do that too mm. so it's so ingrained it's like hello like I, imagine someone from africa like i use that too do, oh, so i gotta be arab to use that mm. like she and it's a joke to her but she doesn't even realize how biased our like islam means you talk like me so one day like 
uh, my daughter, she's only like six. And it wasn't really hard, but it's the microaggressions. Uh. So she's at the Sunday school thing. And one of the other Sunday school girls, everyone there is out of. So one of the Sunday schools like, like, are you Arabi? Are you Arabi? And they're only like six, seven. Uh. I'm like, are you Arabi? And my daughter's like, huh? Arabi? Like, I'm Muslim. Like, we're yeah, all Muslim. Yeah, yeah. Like, yo, what? <clears throat> man, it's just sad, man, because you think, and it makes sense because, you know, I'm on the other side of the pond, right? So on this side, we're kind of disconnected from the rest of the world. And you guys in UK, you're like really close to other countries. Mm. But for us, it's it's a it's a it's a bit different. You know what I mean? But like these countries that feel like their representation of Islam is the authentic yeah. interpretation and representation of Islam. And so if an imam got up on the member wearing some proper African clothing of a sheikh, how would everyone in the masjid look? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's he wearing? Why is, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. is that Islamic clothing? Like, your little mind is so like, this is this big. This is what Islam is. This is how big Islam is. It does, yeah. There's no other authentic representation of Islam. And not only that, when this girl in this video goes, what non-Arabs think, if she put non-Muslims, that would have been great. Every Muslim would have been like, ha yeah, yeah, I got yeah. one of those in my bathroom too. <clears throat> But when you say non-Arabs, it's like, dang, you want to X us all out. And mm. and Bachati, man, she doesn't even realize. I swear, I guarantee she doesn't realize that that's racist. 100%. She, yeah, she probably doesn't. She yeah, doesn't. She doesn't, she doesn't. She's like, oh, if you're not Arab, why would you have one of these? It's like, because yeah, yeah, I'm Muslim too and I'm not Arab. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, can I, can I come to something you shared on social media not too long ago yeah. about Malcolm X, about if you were to give a khutbah, in, in, in your masjid today, like today, 2020, mm. if Malcolm X was to come as your khatib, as your imam, right, what would our perceptions be? Like, I know we talk about him now and generally, alhamdulillah, you know, Muslims, you know, we recognize him for who he is and the work they did. But yeah. if he actually was alive today as a, mm. as a khatib and he came and he delivered, like, would we think to ourselves, you know, hold on, is he, is he a sheikh? Like, yeah. you know, what was he wearing? <laughs> yeah. His Arabic, I don't know, is a bit daif, you know? Like, it's not... So tell us a bit Yo. about like that. What, what oh, you man. That, like... So in UK, I'll be real. From I have a lot of friends in UK scholars. Yeah. It's way more polemical in UK. Mm-hmm. Yo, we don't roll like that in the States. You guys are, in my estimation, Shavir, polemics like to the roof. Yeah, like my yeah, group, yeah. your group, your group. Oh, he yeah, said yeah. one word wrong. He's off the minhaj. Oh, he said one thing wrong. He's off the ahl sunnah. Nah, y'all crazy, man. It's 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 crazy. I'm in a UK WhatsApp group with ulama, mm-hmm. and I'm like, where's the sensitivity? Where's like, where's the like emotions? Are you guys like yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. I, th- Brutal, I think man. I think I think I'm in the same one, by the way, because I've seen your. <laughs> oh, are you? <laughs> I've oh. seen you jumping in from time yo, to time. So yo, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why are we talking about this right now? Are yeah, you kidding me? Yeah. Anyways, anyways, anyways. So, uh, so so what I was bringing up is like basically like, okay, he wouldn't have had the greatest Arabic. Okay, mm. he wouldn't have had the greatest fiqh opinions or whatever, right? But but he he is someone who you know, is a leader and guided millions of people to the dean straight up mm. and was fighting against oppression at the front and murdered, killed, killed, killed mm. because of that. And my point is, here's here's why I'm saying it, though. In UK, there may be yep. inner city masajid that have great imams that will never be invited to the other masjids to give khutbah because they don't mm. fit the profile of people of knowledge and so my intention is like look reach out to those other imams of other communities bring them into your community let him give up get up and give a talk right Mm. you know uh, if your thick opinion says that his arabic is so bad he can't lead the prayer okay maybe someone else leads the prayer but let him speak let the people see him as a leader let let your community see other people as leaders too and um and it just it just it was just frustrating to me because a lot of our communities are like put posting all this stuff on on uh, Malcolm X but i guarantee man i know these communities if they mm-hmm. asked him to give a khutbah then one of the imams on that board would be like nah yo his arabic 
لحن جلي يو نو مين از نوت وركينج يو نو مين لايك نو وي كان اه 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 اند اي انديرستاند لايك اي ستدي ذا دين يو نو اي اي تيتش يو نو جلالين ابو داوود اي انديرستاند اي جيت ات اي جيت ات But sometimes I think people are missing the bigger picture in society, um, mm-hmm. and they they just are very very entrenched and rigid in their uh, outlook on preservation. The dean they look at preservation of the dean as preservation of my interpretation of the mm-hmm. dean, not preservation of the dean. Yeah, I think coming back to I mean linking it in with what you're saying about you know what we're talking about right now with Malcolm X, I think I think that kind of shows. Uh, with everything that's been going on recently, like a lot of the questions that you've probably been getting and the questions that I've definitely been getting myself, in light of everything that's been happening, like where the focus should be, like you've been talking about the the systemic oppression, you know, we're talking about racism, we're talking about race here, we're talking about all of these very kind of like important um, mm-hmm. issues, right? But then like the questions that I get is, oh, but is protesting okay though? You know, and, and it's like, Oh man, like it's not the you know. Do you see what I'm trying to say? It's like it's not the time right now for that conversation, yeah. bro. Like yeah. we're having an, a far more important conversation here right now. Please do not take us away from yeah. you know, this so, issue. Don't take the spotlight away. Oh man, yeah. I, I don't even respond. You know, as someone who studied the dean, and mm. I understand, like, alhamdulillah, whatever little knowledge I've had, alhamdulillah, it's Allah's blessing. We can always learn more. But mm-hmm. if someone's asking a question, is protesting? I got one in Instagram. Someone question asked me. I was like, okay, here's let me ask it in a different way. Yeah. Is it halal to stand up to injustice? Mm-hmm. Is social deviance allowed in our society? And, yeah. and, and 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 from a sociological perspective, there are a lot of people. Who will take the some some opinions and say, look, social deviance, protesting. Mm-hmm. So social deviance means to break the law on purpose, yeah. like to go against the grain. Some of these scholars will be like, no, you can't do that because we're supposed to obey. You're supposed to obey with justice, but when you see injustice, then you have to do what you can below anarchy to correct the wrongs, mm-hmm. right? And so. You know, protests cause change. If you make a pro, some t- any type of protest. Now, now many of us, when we say protest, we don't understand that that word is broad. It doesn't mm-hmm. just mean walking around with a sign. I know many people feel, what's the point? I'm gonna walk around with a sign for an afternoon and go back to work the next day. Well, that's not the spirit of the protest. The spirit of the protest is that you should. It should be an ongoing thing of showing your dissatisfaction and your uh fed upness i guess is a word with the status quo and so i agree in the fact that like a lot of people are not folk as muslims we're like mm-hmm. you're missing the opportunity to be standing on the right side of this moment in history you're going to sit Absolutely. back and debate whether you can protest or not good go for it i love it i and i love you for these debates go at it sit in your ivory tower and and debate these things we're going to be on the streets and we're going to be changing people's lives All right, we're going to be changing Absolutely. people's lives and our hope is that Allah and the Prophet will be pleased with the struggle that we're standing. I would use one proof for protests. Kunu qawamina bilqis. Kunu qawam. What does qawam literally mean? Stand up. Stand up, yeah. All we're asking you is come and stand up in the street with us. Oh, the riots, right? Okay, oh, hold on. You're changing the subject. We're not talking about rioting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about anarchy. I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying kunu qawwa mean be someone who stands up for justice. Is that what we're doing? That's all I'm doing here. I'm standing up showing the world that I'm standing up for what is correct. Yeah. And so yeah, man, I, I again, you want to sit in the ivory tower and debate that stuff? Your oh, your WhatsApp groups are a great place for you. Good. Great. Mm. Go at it. But on the streets, We we want to see change, and the yeah. Zoomers are not going to sit there and have those debates, man. The Zoomers are they're going to want to see people who are a part of the society, Mo- yeah. Zoomer Muslims. I'm talking about Muslim Zoomers, like mm. they, they want to see people who are a part of the society that have solutions to the problems of of our society. And uh, yeah, man, it's a tough time though. You know, like I'm not trying yeah, to hate yeah, on yeah. nobody, Shabir. Like I love the Muslims, man. Like you know, I have friends and colleagues that are like, yo, man, I don't do all that stuff, you know. Like whatever, whatever. I'm like, cool. Alhamdulillah, you know. And there's good in everyone. Fi kullin khair, you know. But uh, 
you know, that's my personal take on it. Kunu qawamina, stand up, do what you can. There's other forms of protest too. Like there's other ways to do it, you know? Mm. Sign a petition, do what you can, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's important points. I think it's good to be clarified. And obviously it's good that, you know, at the end of the day, we're having these discussions uh, because it's, it's, it's important and it's relevant. And, you know, we're not, we're not singling people out here and we're not like, yeah, you know, yeah, calling yeah. people out. You know, it's, it's just stuff that has to be done, I think. Um, you know, I want to I want to kind of conclude with some with some last points. I've actually got you know a class to go to very 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 shortly. Okay, so cool, I also, cool. I'd love to I'd love to continue <laughs> the conversation. Uh, no, just I just wanted to conclude with like you know, alhamdulillah, we've discussed loads of different things. You know, we've spoke spoken about racism, we've spoken about bias, we've spoken about you know within the Muslim community um, and so many different things. Like you know, let's let's end with you know something practical to take away for all of our mm. listeners and viewers, right? Like yeah. okay. Like we we've learned, alhamdulillah, you know, through today's one hour podcast, I've learned something new. I've even perhaps learned something new about myself that I didn't know and something that I need to work on. And, uh, you know, that's OK. Like, you know, we, we work, we, we're all working on ourselves spiritually and so on. But like, OK, great. What can I do next? Like, I know you've mentioned a few things already, like you call it out. If you see it, even your own mother, you, you know, within your own family, you call it out and you, and you start from your home. But like what last few things would you say? On a personal level, you okay. know, uh, Got on a you. community level. Yeah. So this yeah. is what we need to do as a community. Bismillah. Number one, education. Education. Yeah. We need everyone studying their society from sociological perspective. Understand the systemic things that are being done against certain segments of the community. Just that's the idea of being woke. Don't be ghafil. Yeah. Be dhakir. Be someone who is mindful. Yaqawa. Awake and aware mm -hmm. of what's going on. So be informed and awake, uh, number one. Number two, and I know it's cliche, but I'm going to say it. You got to focus on cleaning your heart. You got to mm. learn how to clean your heart. You got to study Ghazali. You got to study Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyah. You got to sit with a sheikh that can read these books with you. You got to learn how to identify arrogance in your heart and biases in your heart. And a lot of that comes through spending more time by yourself in reflection, in meditation, and mm. uh, in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sounds cliche, but this is a cure that Islam gives for addressing uh, 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 arrogance in the heart, which is the source of that racism. Um, the other thing is a communal level. Or no, family. Let's move to family. Family, yo, don't allow for biases and prejudice and racism to exist in your family gatherings. Mm. Those jokes, those things, be the oddball, call it out. Just the same way some families, you got to be the oddball and pray salah. Same way you got to be the oddball and call out racism and yeah. in your family. Third is on a societal level. Listen, I know everyone says, what about Philistine? What about India? What about this? Listen, we have to be concerned with every form of oppression. We have to try our best to do whatever we can to inform, influence, and 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 show our uh, uh, non-complacency with all oppression around the world. Mm. With that said, with that said, you have a right on you by the place you live in to work for a, uh, justice in your proximity. Like the closest place to you has a huck to you. Same way with mm. zakat. I'll just give a quick example. The scholars say, should you give zakat closely or further away? Well, generally, it should be closest. Mm -hmm. Solve the issues around you first. Like, work on that. And so, what I'm going to try to say here is just work on the communal level in your country. For you, it's UK. For me, it's the US. Do what you can to elect the correct people. I know you guys got some scholars who will say, can we vote or not? I ain't even getting into that. Uh, but anyways, uh, elect people on a local level, local level. I'm talking about the local dude that's going to affect school policy in your area, like work to elect people that aligned the most, not always the most with what we see as ideal and what we want to strive for as just and upright. That's the most we can do brothers and sisters. After that, we turn to Allah. We plant the seed, even if the is beginning. And I hope, inshallah, that this session and this podcast was something that inspired hope, brought awareness, was uncomfortable, but uncomfortability is where growth happens too. 
So I'm hoping that this was something that uh, benefited everyone, inshallah ta'ala. Inshallah. No, I definitely myself benefited. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh Mikail, for your Thanks time. For and uh, yeah, I mean, this is this is the first time you, you've joined us on Ilmfeed, but I hope it's not the last. Definitely. Definitely not. Uh, definitely yeah, not. yeah. We've got, we've got, we've got more planned, inshallah. So uh, thank you so much once again, and thank you, of course, to all of our viewers and listeners for tuning in. Like Sheikh Mikail said, some, some, some points may have been a bit uncomfortable, but that was much needed, and it's much needed for myself as well to have these conversations. Um, once again, check out the great work that Sheikh Mikail is doing, especially with his book, with the heart in mind. Qalam Institute in the US for those of you that live there um, there's even if you don't live in the US there's mashallah a lot going on online as well with yes, the live streams yes. um, and on the Ilm feed side of things like I said inshallah we're hoping to get more uh, podcasts out going forward inshallah after um, uh, today's one uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel on iTunes and everywhere else you guys know the deal inshallah from myself Shabir from Sheikh Mikail that is all we have time for for today but we will see you next time inshallah Take care of yourselves. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.